You're listening to Rocket Night. All right, this is Anita from Rocket Night, and I'm going to ask a few questions about the making of this video. Maybe you can tell us about the concept, and um, since it's about addiction, maybe a little something about that. Sure. Well, when I originally wrote the song, it was about, um, with everything going on with the virus, it was the, uh, my addiction was to get back to normal. You know, I was addicted to the way things were. And, th- and that's kind of why I wrote the song. And then when we wanted to make the video, it, that would be kind of hard to make into a video. So Tommy, the director, was like, let's go, you know, let's, let's go outside the box and make it more uh, people's personal addictions, whatever it is. We didn't, you know, narrow it down to one type of thing. It could be anything, you know, personal relationships or or a drug addiction or, you know, there's so many things out there and that's kind of what the video is going to portray. But the original song was about my feeling with everything going on and uh, I was addicted to the way things were normal and that's what I wanted, you know, and that was my whole reason behind the song. What are some of the ways that you think people can release their addictions and what are some of these ways that have worked for you you know that's a great question um unfortunately with everything going on people are very tense um there's a a lot of anxiety going on and you know when people yeah exactly you know and unfortunately people locked in their homes you know we're fortunate to be living here in florida where you know i have friends that live in california and live in new york that you know, suicide rates are up because these younger kids, you know, are used to go into school. They, they're not, you know, connecting with their friends. And, you know, there's more drinking going on. There's more drug addiction. Yeah, people are going crazy. You know, people need a release. And uh, unfortunately, in some states, they're not getting that, you know. That's why I, and we're very fortunate to live here in Florida. How do you think that the music industry has changed um, within the past year of the lockdown? It's actually this week, it's been a little bit over a year and a week. So I'm thinking March the 13th of last year. So um, we know that touring is kind of off for right now. And um, we've just started with... Um, concerts uh, in a very limited way so tell us a little bit more about like inside the industry and how that has had to morph into something new well one thing I've noticed when this all started people were now that were in bands or artists were doing more live streams because that was the only way that they could get to their audience there was no other way um 
fortunately for us, it was like eight weeks of no shows or anything, but we slowly started getting back in, you know, venues were opening, but as far as like concerts, you know, with bigger national bands, that, you know, that's not going on. You know, a lot of these venues are opening 20%. People can't survive on that, you know. When you think about what we do being in a band, we are against social distancing. You want a venue to be packed. You want people right in your face and, you know, exchanging with the band and being, you know, totally into it. That goes against everything that's going on right now. So it's it's kind of sad right now until things are 100%. These bands that go on the road, these even the bigger bands are not going to be able to survive touring, you know, and they make a lot of their money from touring and merchandise and um you know, we did a few of the uh live streams and it's just not the same, you know. You don't get that interaction between the audience and uh you know, the band so hopefully soon it'll it'll change over and things will be back to whatever the normal is going to be in six months a year from now but i know there are concerts going on in the summer mm -hmm. so hopefully you know whenever they say well you know social distancing we played venues where they're you know here in florida they're packed mm -hmm. that's right out the window so i mean that's good for us but so you can say um, that when you're playing to a live audience, you've got that personal face-to-face -face element and the energy from the audience. Do you think that can be carried over in any way through live streaming, uh, like with audience engagement and comments when people are actually watching your live stream and interacting? Has that worked for you at all? I'm going to say no. <laughs> for me personally, there's some venues that we play up in the uh, the Panhandle. That we, it's a seasonal place. Uh, it's a huge venue. It holds about 1,000 people. And it is from the front of the stage to the back of the venue mobbed. You know, And that is the reason why we love playing there because there's so much energy from that place. And... You just don't get that from live stream, you know. I mean, people could type things, but it's, you know, you, you want to feel that energy from the, the audience. You, you feed off of that, you know. You can have some of your greatest shows by just having an amazing audience next to you. You know, if you don't have it, you know. You always, I, I always say, it, whether you're playing in front of two people or 2,000, it's got to be the same performance because you got to give 110%. But when you have a fired-up audience and they... These people go crazy. We're, we're playing there four times this season. I think it's May, June, July, and September. So we're really looking forward to that because they'll be back to normal up there, and it's going to be crazy. And we've been starving for that for the last year. So we're looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun one. Do you guys have an EP coming out or, or an album? I know you've been releasing singles, like one after the other. What's, what's on the horizon? Well, we did uh, view the singles, but um, we are working with Chocolate Casian right now. We've recorded four new songs, so I think we may go down another path and do a full album. Uh, you know, it's cool to do the singles, but doing a full album, you know, you really can dig into your music better, and people, you know, you throw out 10, 11, 12 songs. I think it's better than, I mean, it's cool to do singles here and there, but eventually you got to put out a full album. 
and we'll be doing with that with Chuck. I mean, Chuck is great. He's re- I mean, it, he's taken our demos and um, and our ideas and just exploded them. I mean, it, incredible the work he does. I mean, he is nonstop. He works 24 hours a day, and I'm like, don't you ever get tired? <laughs> Yeah, he, but, but I think that works in his favor. I really do. When things get back to normal and COVID's over, um, will you be going on a tour perhaps, maybe across the United States or doing shows in other areas besides Florida? What we really would like to do right now is if once nationals get back on the road, we'd like to jump on some uh, um, opening slots. I think that's a, a better way to go. You know, we did that uh, when we opened for Bon Jovi, uh, for Ted Nugent. I think it's a easier way to get to a lot of people. And I'll jump on these tours sometimes. These bands have to pay for that. I don't know if we want to go that way. But um, I think that is the better way to get your music out there. When you tag on to these larger bands that already have followings, that you can hopefully pull some of those people in and uh, make them your fans. You're listening to Rock at Night. Uh, my name's Steve Bell, a uh, guitar player. I also sing in the band. And uh, thanks for coming down. We appreciate it. Now, the latest single coming out is My Addiction. And Rob just said that it was about ad- addictions. Uh, how does this resonate with you or uh, as far as the song goes or the subject matter? Well, I think it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of stirring down your own demons, I think. Uh, it could be everyone's, if they do have addictions, are different, you know. Some people it's, uh could be chemical. Some people it could be mental. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. But uh, I think we try and keep it vague so it can kind of relate to a, you know, a, a broader picture, not just, you know, someone, you know, with a needle in their arm or something to that effect. But, uh, yeah, so that's really kind of the... Uh, the whole kind of nucleus of the song. Rob said that he felt uh, that COVID kind of inspired the song. What have you been doing during this whole year hiatus, in a sense? Um, and when things get back to normal, what's on the horizon? Well, to be honest with you, um, you know, as soon as the COVID hit, it, it felt like a sledgehammer came down on our livelihood you know um and it only took us a few weeks to decide to start recording in earnest uh rob had ideas i had some ideas we kind of put our best ideas you know together and you know chuck you know we involved chuck in the whole process and that's been fantastic it's always great to have a you know real passionate guy Uh, he thinks he's very like-minded as well you know as we are and uh, so, you know, that brings it to the next level. You know, you, you give in this song to somebody who really knows what to do with songs. So that's always a, uh, a positive thing. And it's, a uh, you know, we're all big boys. And I think it's, it's always the best idea that should really come to fruition. Um, and I think we've nailed it on the last couple that we've, we've done. Uh, my addiction sounds very grungy, you know, kind of, to me, kind of night. Um, you know, kind of 90s grunge or whatever. Is, is that because you like that kind of music? That's your background or just turned out that way? The style of it? Well, maybe a little of both, to be honest with you. Um, 
sometimes songs kind of just write themselves like they just you kind of you just try and see, try and steer it in the right direction and kind of let it be its own um i think the last two that we've done sound you know pretty much of the same vein but it's not all we can do either but uh i agree with you it has a nice keyboard punch heavy rock right beat so it does have like that kind of quintessential mixture of uh I, I like the keyboard parts too that uh yeah right yeah you know melodic but also you know driving you know so that's kind of the that's kind of like what we're looking at and just try and keep it as uh you know you want people to remember it too you know you gotta you want a hook you know so the my addiction i think it works well i do most of your songs are all i'd say hard driving fast ballads do you guys ever do any um not a ton of them i'll be honest with you uh most of it's driving not that we're against you know mid-tempo songs or anything to that but uh yeah just you know kind of four on the floor and you know kind of good cruising music good good stuff you can throw in the car and uh you know just try and keep it upbeat do you listen to cd still and use a turntable <laughs> i just got an album a brand new album actually uh i listen to both i listen to cds but uh I've been interested again in vinyl. I've, I've bought a couple albums, brand new. They're expensive these days. They're about 25, 30 bucks. You get like eight or nine songs. Um, and it's a two record thing. And they usually put two or three songs per side. I don't know if you've bought a new record lately. But, uh, you know, the, the quality is amazing because they don't compress the grooves like they used to. You know, used to get 12, 14 songs on an album. Now it's two or three songs aside, so the uh, the quality is fantastic. I I like it because it's a uh, when you listen to an album, you kind of commit to listening to something. You're not doing this on your on your phone. You're not jumping from one thing to the next. You know, um, so you really you got to turn your receiver on. You got to put an album on, and then 12 minutes later, you got to turn it over. But that's good exercise, really. I've been, yeah, I've been working out with my new vinyl. No, but it is, you know, it's funny because, you know, I'll be doing something. I'll be like, what happened to my music? And like, ah, it's a record. So, yeah, I, I enjoy it all. I still do. Yeah, I still do. The question that I have is that, you know, along with the albums, uh, things seem to be going kind of retro in the music industry. And while we all like that, what's your take? Yeah, magazines, print magazines. Um, what's your take on a lot of the artists starting to experiment with analog? Oh, wow. It is a good question. You know, analog got so fantastic just before the CD and digital age came in. You know, the, the quality was just amazing. As a matter of fact, in this building, um, there's a couple 24-track, uh, two-inch players. Um, I think it's great. You know, what it does is it makes you commit. You know, with digital, you can you can change pretty much anything. You can change the pitch, the speed. On tape, you're, you're listening with your ears. You're not looking at a waveform, which is what Pro Tools is. You're looking at the music as opposed to seeing needles. You know, so you're using your ears more, I think, in analog recording than you do in digital. 
I mean, I have Pro Tools, you know, I mean, Rob has, you know, a setup as well. So everything is like you see it, and it's almost like if it doesn't line up in the computer world, there's something wrong with it. But music is elastic, and it should be. You know, that's what makes, it's it's not on the grid, it's not 4-4 all the time. Sometimes it's a little late. Absolutely. One of the greatest drummers, on, I, mean, I know I'm aging myself here, but uh, his name is Jim Keltner. And he did a bunch of studio sessions in the 70s and 80s, played with George Harrison and all the, the big guys back in the day. He's like, you don't play behind the beat, you play the back beat. Which is really, to me, like sticks in my head. You know, like Ringo used to play the back beat. It wasn't like on top, you know, you kind of relax a little bit. And you, that's where you're using your ears and not looking at a grid, which Pro Tools is. But there's amazing music out there today. There's still great bands. It's still out there. It's just how people go about recording it and, and putting it down. But uh, yes, I love tape. <laughs> well, I, one more question um, along this vein. One of my favorite artists is the little um, Nordic singer called Aurora. And she's quite amazing and she does her own recording and she's really becoming fast, becoming international right. sensation. And one of the things she says is when she records, she doesn't like anything sounding cheap. And she says there's always this, you know, with the new way of recording, there's these cheap snare sounds. And she said she can't, you know, as, as you were addressing the drumming, she doesn't like anything cheap like that. She likes the real thing. So can you say something to that? Well, yeah, you know, it's pretty amazing. Like, you know, it's basically samples is I think what you're talking about. You know, what we've been able to do with, you know, you could take... Uh, one of the greatest drummers snare sound and use it, you know. Um, I like the organic thing, you know. I, I think it's, you gotta use technology, not abuse it. Uh, you can use it to your advantage and try not to suck the life out of your music, you know, which some music is kind of designed like that, you know, a lot of like kind of four on the floor that just never seems to change, you know, but hey, you know, people like what they like. But I, I agree, you know, um, I still play my guitars into amps and, you know, microphones and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, there is a certain quality, especially in the radio world, that you got to kind of, you got to kind of keep that in the back of your mind as well. You know, people want to kind of hear what they want to hear, you know, if you want to sell records. But, no, I agree with you. You know, it's it's really good instruments. And I was talking to Chuck about this, actually, how, like, back in the day, there's great studio musicians everywhere. Now it's like they're so far and few between. It really is. It's like, oh, I know. We were playing the piano and we're, 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 we're oh, I know. We were playing guitar and I said, hey, Chuck, you know, he was playing a bunch of stuff and I could play a little piano. I'm not a piano player. I was like, hey, can I play your piano? He goes, no. <laughs> no but he did. He got up and let me. Yeah, yeah, you know, it was really funny because we were doing Maybe I'm Amazed and I, I showed him a couple changes. He's like, that's it. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> he didn't want to hear that. No, no, he's a blast. He, he was really great about it. He's really into the Say your full name and the name of your company. Sure, it's uh, Tommy Costanza and the uh, company is Alpha Vega Productions based here in uh, Orlando, Florida. Uh, been doing this now for... Uh, couple of years and specialize in uh, music video production for uh, you know some national international artists as well as local artists 
Now, the, tell us about the concept that you came up with for my addiction. Yeah, so my addiction started uh, when Rob reached out to me and we were trying to come up with a uh, concept um, you know, for the video. I listened to the song and it really kind of hit hit home with me personally just because um, it's such a relatable song. Um, basically, everyone tends to have a, a dark cloud that follows over them. And I think when I listened to the song and I read the lyrics, I identified with that, um, not just for myself, but for the general, um, you know, public and demographic that's going to be listening to the song. So we decided to do something that, you know, would really showcase visually what the lyrics meant. And um, it had to be about transformation. That was the biggest thing is because when you're in a situation where you're at rock bottom, there's only one way up. And that's what kind of fueled the concept behind this video was to show somebody at their at their rock bottom at their biggest low at their most terrifying point in life but then show how that can fuel you to transform into something greater and stronger from that so okay uh when will the video be officially out you have an idea well, the band will officially make a date for it um, and, and set that date, but um, we're kind of fast-tracked to get the video done here in, in the next, uh, you know, couple of weeks. Um, so it's really just kind of timing it with, with uh, them and when they want to put a release out. Um, but I think coupling it with, um, you know, coupling the a single, anytime you're able to take a single and uh couple that with a great visual music video it is just that much more powerful because now you have a visual representation of the song so it, sh it should be sooner than later thank you so much for your input on my addiction absolutely thank you <laughs> appreciate it thank you you're listening to rock at night the introductory song, Get On Down, is from blues artist Billy, Billy Bass Alford. Look for his music at ReverbNation.com.